to another episode of The Granite List Live, where we explore all things related to benefits and human capital. I'm Lee Dill. And I'm Cole Hollander. Today we are thrilled to welcome Gwen Cooper with Accessia Health. Thank you for joining us today, Gwen. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for this great opportunity. And I've been the CEO of Accessia Health for going on two and a half years now. I've been in healthcare for Oh, more years than I can count, almost three decades providing access to healthcare for patients in a variety of ways, both on the voluntary health side, providers, payers, you name it. I've been involved in healthcare. Awesome. So you are CEO of Accessia Healthcare, patient's assistance program that benefits employers. And we don't want to get this confused with patient's assistance program on the pharmacy side. This is for the medical benefit side. Can you explain a little bit about what you've developed and how it works? Sure. Accessia Health is one of only six national nonprofits that are patient assistance organizations. And what we do is we operate pursuant to an OIG opinion, a little bit more than maybe people want to know. But this allows us to take large donations on one side of our house and actually pay for the health care that people need for people who can't afford it. So it could be their co-pays. It could be their health insurance. It could be just travel to the doctor. What's not happening is how do employers get a chance to work with a nonprofit to try to control costs, not contain costs, for employees that may have a high deductible plan and don't have enough money to pay for their co-pays or pay for their co-insurance, so they're simply just not going to the doctor. So we've created a model where employers can create their own employee health assistance fund, take money, donate it to a nonprofit, and we can create a white label program based on criteria that the employer is setting to help put money back into their employees' hands. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful employee value and a great corporate social responsibility avenue for employers to actually be working directly with their employees through a third-party nonprofit. So what's the difference between this nonprofit fund that you've created and an employer putting dollars into an HRA or an HSA? That's a great question. A lot of people are using their HSA, like I do. I have a high deductible plan and I do put money in my HSA. I'm trying to save that money for retirement because once you reach retirement, your healthcare costs are gonna go up, hopefully not, but they may. And it's also an opportunity to add money to a retirement account because when you are eligible for social security, you can use that money for other things. So, and an HRA is obviously, I'm not as familiar with how the HRAs work, so I don't wanna say the wrong thing. But when we look at an employee health assistance fund, employees don't want to tell their employers what's going on. They may not want to tell them what their diagnosis is. They may not want to tell them that they need to have an MRI, a CAT scan or something, and they just simply can't afford it. So if an employer puts money into an employee health assistance fund based on their criteria, perhaps financial eligibility, could be disease diagnosis. It could be for employees that have a a high deductible plan. Could be for employees that have a PPO, but just simply don't make enough money. They have no savings and they can't afford those co-pays. This allows the employer to design a a health assistance fund in the way that they want and then send the employees to Accessia Health to determine if they're eligible and they can access some of those funds. So going off of that, how do the employees access the funds and, and how do they qualify for those funds? The qualification would simply be however the employer wants to do it. So when you come to Accessia Health now, and let's say you have a diagnosis of cystic fibrosis, or you have a diagnosis of diabetes, or God forbid, 
some type of cancer. We have a disease fund and people come to us, they already have a diagnosis and they come to us and they apply in our portal and then they are approved for assistance. And then we give them a certain amount of money to pay for their health care. But let's say you're just not feeling good. You're pre-diabetic, but you can't even afford the glucose monitoring system or the test strips or something like that. And you start not feeling good, you're not going to work. If your employer has money set aside for you in an employee health assistance fund, you may be able to go access that. And then all of a sudden you're getting your glucose monitoring system paid for. We're getting you diagnosed with whatever it is. You now feel empowered to say, I have enough money or I'm going to go get this test. I know what's going on. Now I can take control of my own health care. So screening and diagnostics are as important as the diagnosis itself. And that's, we all know, I'm preaching to the choir with you all, but only 8% of people get the preventative screenings they need. Imagine if we could just increase that in any employer, the amount of money that we would save for that employer in cost containment. Absolutely. So really the difference in what you're providing in the HRA and HSA is that as an employer, I would have to give those dollars to all my employees regardless of need. And Accessia Health Funds are based on disease codes, disease states or actual need. And the employer could say, I have this employee that needs these funds. Here's how much they need. Accessia Health, can you help them? What does the handoff look like there? The handoff looks like, let's, let's take an example. An employer is already supporting the community through corporate social responsibility dollars. So they may be paying for a wonderful nonprofit and matching dollars raised by employees that go choose to do a walk or something like that for a disease. Or the employer knows that they have gone X amount of dollars over their stop loss because of some high claims of diabetes or musculoskeletal diseases or whatever. Or they don't even know what the employees have because they don't have all that data, but they've had an increase in absenteeism by 10 or 15%, maybe because of mental health issues due to COVID. But employees don't want to tell their employers these things. They just don't come to work. They use their PTO, productivity could decline, et cetera. So an employer just says, I'm going to look at my stop loss. I'm going to look at either when I'm over, I'm going to look at maybe what I even saved one year out of five. And I'm going to put X amount of dollars into an employee health assistance fund. Employees that make under this amount or employees that have a high deductible plan or employees with the following diagnoses. So it has to be, you cannot discriminate against one type of employee, obviously, but because this is a white label opportunity for employers, we can help them design a plan that would fit best with what's happening inside that employer. So they put a certain amount of money in a plan with the criteria that they have. And then either one of you work there and somebody says, oh, you know, I know so-and-so is not feeling well. I know they haven't been here. I kind of know why. You as a friend may say, go to Accessia Health. It's the ABC, it's whatever company name, and I won't name any companies, A, you know, company name, health assistance fund powered by Accessia Health. And I bet you they may be able to help you. And if you are diagnosed with something that they have money on another side of their business, might be able to help you even more by enrolling you in our ABC fund powered by Accessia Health and our ABC disease fund in Accessia Health. So it's a really great opportunity. It's an extra value for employees and it's a cost control center of excellence for employers. Fantastic. So 
going off of what you were saying about the funds, what ends up happening to the excess dollars in the funds? Do they roll over or are they forfeited? They absolutely roll over. No, nobody forfeits anything because it's the employer's fund. There's also opportunities for people within a company to help potentially raise money for a certain employee through maybe an individual crowdfunding page, and then the employer could help match those dollars into the fund for future patients or future people within the employees. So really the opportunities are only as limited by our creativity and how we design it. Awesome. I have another question for you on a different trajectory, but I know that you recently took over as CEO of Accessia on June 1st of 2020. How has Accessia changed over those two years and have you guys improved, become different and improved what the services you provide? That's a great question. That's actually why I was excited to talk to you guys because patient's assistance and the model that we have been in for the last 30 years has been one vertical. It has been, we get money from large donors and we pay for people who can't afford their health care. We've all learned so much during COVID that healthcare is not created equal. I think we knew it, but then COVID really illustrated it. The people that come to us in this one model that we have are, as I mentioned earlier, already have a diagnosis. The number of people that aren't diagnosed because they just, they are not empowered to get their healthcare or they live in a treatment desert. We have decided that we're going to communities. We're going to employers. We're going to neighborhoods, zip codes, one at a time to say that our job is to make sure that everybody has access to healthcare. That's the newest design feature where actually this model is changing so rapidly because healthcare is changing rapidly. And I came from behavioral health, worked in behavioral health for a very long time. And then I worked in hospice and palliative care. And when you think about meeting people where they are, somebody that's having mental health challenges and or somebody that knows that their life is limited, you can't get into healthcare any more deeply when you know that you want to provide the best care for somebody and meeting them where they are. So we're taking Accessia Health that way. We are saying that we want to get you way before you already have that diagnosis and you're really, really sick and need this specialty medication or this incredible treatment or the surgery. Let's get it early. Let's talk to your employer. Let's become part of your community. Let's go to your church and get you screened. So that was a great question because we have completely evolved in a whole different way as Accessia Health because our team does know how to meet people where they are and we do know how healthcare affects every single thing that we do on a daily basis. That's great to hear. And you know, I think COVID has really brought people together and built this community. Where do you see the next two years going? I always joke around that when you take on a new CEO role in a in the middle of a pandemic with a teenager that I could write a book and I may have to do that at some point. Healthcare's changing where I'm a policy geek. I actually love writing and changing policy. So I've been watching everything that's going on in Congress with healthcare very uh, intently. And if I were to predict where I think healthcare is going in two years from now, it could change tomorrow. What I do know about healthcare is that there's a singular goal, no matter which party you're with, it's a non-political goal that everybody wants better access to healthcare and everybody wants to be able to afford the healthcare that they can get. And when you are faced with any healthcare catastrophe, if you're not financially ready for that, that we're all one healthcare catastrophe away from bankruptcy. And our job at Accessia Health, because we're so intimately involved with our patients, and because I do like policy, is to say, how do we make sure that that doesn't happen? 
How do we make sure that people don't go bankrupt? And what novel ways can we come up with where we can help more people? And we believe it starts with going to work every day, getting screened and diagnosed for the illnesses or when you don't feel good, and then adhering to your treatment plan and moving forward. And because we all want jobs and be contributors to society, that's why we feel it starts with our employers. I love that mission. One more question, Gwen, and then Cole's got the final question we love to ask all our guests. But how can we get in touch with you first? And secondly, is your nonprofit, is it available to to employers of any size? Is there a particular industry or group size that you prefer to work with? We want to work with any employer that wants to work with us because our singular goal, and I tell people this all the time, we're a nonprofit. We're not trying to make all this money. We're not for profit. So the more employers we work with, the more communities we work with, zip code by zip code, the more patients we serve and the more benefit that we provide because that is what a nonprofit does. It's not to make money. It's to bring in as much money so you can give it back out. So it's always a really wonderful proposition to talk to people because they're like, well, what's your value proposition? Well, I'm trying to help you. That's my singular purpose for being here. So people can get a hold of us going, going to our website, which is accessiahealth.org, easy. Specifically to talk about the employer-sponsored health assistance funds, that would be just click on my bio and then email me directly because that's my happy place for the next couple months as we're really beginning to design these opportunities for employers. So I'm taking that on myself while we have other incredible team members that are keeping the ship floating and, and working on our other deliverables for our Accessia Health Disease Funds. Awesome. So obviously you've had tons of experience and tons of learning in the nonprofit world and I've just picked up so many different things over the years to create the amazing product that Accessia has become today. But obviously we all feel it's important to keep learning. And you say that David um, Novak is one of your favorite authors and podcasters to keep learning with. And one of, one of your favorite books is by him. You're reading one of his books. You're listening to his podcasts. What does David teach you every day? What does David help you with uh, going into the future? There's so many choices in podcasts. There's so many people you can read books and we all have our favorites. He did a three-day workshop back in 2013 for nonprofit executives in Louisville. And I was fortunate that I got an invitation to that. And what it did is it showed me all the ways that a leader can lead. You have to be that visionary, but you have to also be grounded and you have to also be part of the team. You have to build that trust, all those things. So the simple words of taking people with you can mean so much to different people. You can take people with you by being a dictator and they don't have a choice, or you can literally take people with you by being part of a team. And at Accessia Health, everything we do, we call it our spider web because it's a matrix organization and we're pretty transparent as much as we can be on everything that's happening so that from the people that are on our phones in our call center all the way to me, everybody's bought into our growth strategy. And again, it's simply to serve more patients. And when I listen, the thing that I love about what David does in his podcast is he brings other CEOs from companies all over the country. And if you can learn one thing from another CEO from their story that you can either implement or never do, then you're building your own repertoire of how to be a great leader. And there's not anything that he's taught me that I haven't been able to use that hasn't improved my own ability to be a leader and helped and help to mentor other people along the way. And I think that the way you can actually measure that is when you move up in the world, because we all move up, and that's our goal is to do, well, I hope it's to do better. 
how many people follow with you and come with you and they're also moving up. And to me, that's the best illustration of a leader is taking people with you. We love that. That's, that's perfect. Gwen, thank you for joining us. If you want to check out Assessia Health, you can find them on the Granite List. And we'll talk to y'all next time. Thanks again. Access our entire library by visiting your favorite podcast venue or subscribe on our site, thegranitelist.live.